0: Greetings and welcome to, yet again, another podcast by us, the crew, that is the Diary of the Linking Geek website. I am Mr. Chris and I've got with me Mr. Dan. Hello. Remember you can always chat to us when we're doing our live shows. The podcasts are all pre-recorded, but if you are interested in being involved and you want to come in and have a chat or you've got some topics for us do let us know you can do that by going to our website which is doalg.co.uk you can also go
1: on our discord if you want to ask us any questions directly
0: but our topic for today is our favourite board gaming moments I've been playing board games for a long time and there's some great moments but I'll let you start
1: well yeah well I I picked this topic because the topics are my fault you may be aware of this game I'm going to talk about I have mentioned it a couple of times Um, oh no
0: he's (laughs) going to do it
1: this is it this is going to be its grand finale for me for anyone who's listening to the show for the first time. Well, it's, if anyone knows anything about me, they just know I'm a slightly bit obsessed with this one particular board game <laughs> that yeah. I play any chance I get. But we all and, are.
0: It's in the top 100 for a reason. It um, is. And it's been out of print. Desperately needs to reprint. Desperately. My my
1: physical copy has fallen apart a couple of times.
0: They, they sent you a brand new board, didn't they? They did. The really company nice. were
1: very good back in the day. They're actually on the third board. Yeah. <laughs> The first one uh, we were playing, I mean, this could probably class as a gaming moment. I mean, this I think this is how I first met you as well, Chris. Yeah. You were like free you were a friend of a friend, and then you kind of got involved in these board gaming nights. we were all like um, single or whatever, or young, and just after work, we all just used to come back to my place just play some battle start with some drinks and stuff and it was just really good time really funny wasn't it yeah just it really sim- was a simpler time
0: mm, yeah back <laughs> but it was before also... there were lockdowns and you know yeah. families and... and
1: before we had kids and responsibilities <laughs> exactly so that's probably another reason why it just holds this uh, golden shrine of nostalgia in my brain when we first got the game uh we, we kind of we weren't that protective of it so there was occasions when the be spilled beer on the cards. i still got some yeah. beer. And car.
0: you hadn't painted the models at that point as well. No,
1: I hadn't painted the models. I was I was a
0: filthy casual. Well, this <laughs> is the thing. None of us realized just how good Battlestar Galactica was going to be. Yeah. You're very reluctant sometimes to invest in deck protectors and buying paints for the models if you're not going to like the game. I did that very same thing. For Labyrinth, if you remember. You know, uh, the the models were all beautifully painted up by my friend. And it was naff. Wasted all that time. And I can hand yeah. the game.
1: I suppose playing it first, knowing if you love it or not, and then <laughs> customizing it is the right way to go. Mm. Uh, but but yeah. this is from an era when before I even knew about deck protectors and stuff.
0: Yeah, you were such an innocent little fool, weren't you? I was.
1: It's a sweet <laughs> summer child. Um, we ruined two boards. <laughs> that yeah. game. We played it so much, the game fell apart. Down the middle. The company graciously free of charge, uh, fantasy flight games sent me a new board. And then a couple of years later it fell apart again. <laughs> so I got another board, so I'm on my third board. <laughs> this is yeah. before it went out of print.
0: Yes, before it went out um, of print. Yes.
1: But by, by the time of the third board, I'm actually started taking better care of the components. and so now all the cards are sleeved and all the models are painted and all that mm. kind of thing. Without people playing the game, it's hard to kind of paint the scene but basically it's a game of hidden traitors you've got to work together to try and save what's left of the human race, you've got to try and work together and solve crises above this spaceship Uh, and you've got to try and get to your destination which is usually a planet without the ship falling apart or you running out of food or people or fuel or morale, that kind of thing couple of players which are undercover Cylons, which are robots, if anyone's not familiar with the show. Uh, they look like humans, but they're just subtly undermining everything the other players are doing. And a lot of the fun of the game is the accusations. It's accusing each other of being a toaster or a Cylon, or, you know, and throwing each other out of the airlock, all that kind of thing. You play as characters from the show. You don't need to have seen the show to play it. That's one, be- one of the beauties of the game. But it, you do get an extra layer, I think, if you know who they are. They've all got different abilities. But I was playing as a character called D, who is the communication specialist. She's fairly low ranking on the ship. So basically, yeah, sometimes I have players that have got, like, positions of power on the ship, like Admiral or President. And they tend to have a lot of the more powerful cards, and they make some of the more important decisions. So there seems to be more scrutiny on them. And I was just playing this, this lowly tech, and I was a Cylon, but I was kind of under everyone's radar and i was kind of doing my subtle little bits of sabotage i was playing in negative cards face down and i was kind of matching the cards that only the admiral or the president could play so the focus was just fully on them and i was doing all sorts of under kind of subtle damage and just kind of laughing manically internally (laughs) uh, and uh, i remember this one particular example where uh, we've been surrounded by civilians Uh, there's like You've got the main battle star on the board, and then you've got little civilian ships flying around it. The job of the battle star is to protect the civilians. You've got to try and escort them off the board or get into safety, that kind of thing. So, if you don't get them off the board and they blow up, then you lose the resources, which is usually people or food, that kind of thing. But we were in quite a bad situation. The ship was thoroughly surrounded by um, civilian ships, which were unguarded. My specialist ability as D was I could look at all the civilians at the same time and move them anywhere I wanted them to while normally other characters could only look at a maximum of two ships. It wasn't even my go. I asked for someone to give me an order, and if you do that, you basically sacrifice your go to give someone else. Oh, the
0: executive order card. Executive
1: order, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You kind of sacrifice your go to give someone you trust two goes in a row. That's where a lot of the trust and betrayal comes in. It. They wanted me to kind of gather all the civilians up into a safe place, guarded by our friendly Vipers, our the friendly ships in space. And I moved them all the opposite direction. I moved all of the civilian ships directly into a hold of silent Raiders, and just the whole table was just stunned into silence. And then uh, for my second action, I like had little. I played a card that let me look at the next crisis that was coming up, and I could see the Raiders were going to get activated. So I made sure they definitely did. And Mm -hmm. when they got activated, they just killed, uh, I think it's about eight or nine civilian ships in a single row or a single turn. And uh, I just remember everyone was like, you son of a... And and there's loads of swear words, which I cannot say.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could, you know, bleep them out right now. On this (laughs) show.
1: And I think it's the highest casualty rate I've ever seen. And the most
0: vindictive (laughs) and evil thing you've ever done.
1: It was. I was still technically classed as a human player because I didn't play my Cylon action. I just did stuff that that humans could do to just cause all this devastation. So after that, they were just determined to throw me out of the airlock and I was just fighting it all the way. And while they were trying to get me off the ship, there was just all this other bad stuff. There was explosions happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's safe to say Cylon's won that game. (laughs) I think I got my Cylon of the match. Trophy, yeah, for that one. Um, Silent
0: achievement un- unlocked.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was just one of those moments where just everything seems to come together perfectly. I've been under the radar, subtly making them distrust each other. And it's then... those
0: moments, isn't it?
1: Yeah, when you it's had so successful distrusts on someone yeah, else. It's, it's in my hall of fame, really, mm. and for just setting up these really thematic moments. I mean, it, it feels it feels tense and exciting all the way through because there's just always stuff going wrong, and you have to work with the other. Players to try and resolve the issues, and then all the while you're just waiting for this chance for this sudden but inevitable betrayal that <laughs> you can just strike exactly the right moment. You need friends that aren't easily
0: offended, though. <laughs> yeah, people in their you know board game groups have often got you know friends that they're more than happy to play you know some big box games with.
1: Oh yeah, of course. I'm just mean like I mean I've played with one person before uh, that got very upset when I did my betrayal on them it wasn't that game i was mentioning earlier oh right. but yeah they got the god particularly upset and therefore they didn't want to play the game ever again and it did actually sour the mood because i was just lying to this guy who was my friend and he took it a bit personally um i mean <laughs> yeah. just to clarify um i actually enjoy both sides of the coin about so i like being human and a, a cylon yes no i agree because even if you're a human you get a lot of fun trying to suss out who the bad guys are you get to try and be the detective. Did you want to go to your moment? And then I will put a pin in it. Yeah. I'll try not to talk about Battlestar ever again. We'll, and then we'll prompted. try our
0: best you're not the only Battlestar advocate so it's fine. I'm a massive fan of, of deck builder type games um, mm-hmm. there's some of my favourite uh, mechanics that are involved because of course with a deck builder game you are responsible for, for refining that deck and playing with it and one of the great ones that have come of recent is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. It's a game for two to four players and you can play it dependently if, if you're going from years seven all the way to the end.
1: Yeah, you can do the whole story
0: but if you're doing a year at a time, I would say your average game time is 30 to 60 minutes. You work together against the game. It's a cooperative, yeah. It's a cooperative game, yes, exactly. The, the deck building element, of course, comes from the, your, your starting characters. So your, your starting characters, you get base cards that go with them. So, you, of course, you have Harry, you have Ginny, you have Ron... And you also have Neville. You'll get standard cards with with those characters. Some of them that are specific to each character. So, for example, Harry has an invisibility cloak, with, along with Hedwig. Hermione has the Time Turner and Crookshanks. Uh, Ron, if I remember correctly, has Bertie Bott's Every Flavor Bean, and uh, Neville has Trevor the Toad. And they obviously give you relevant abilities within within your deck. In the base game, there's no discard abilities. The core game was obviously is to, is, to, is to draw cards, play them, and get defeating the villain cards. The game board game is what goes against you. So you have dark arts event cards. You have dark marks. Each time you're at a location, you'll get cards and villains that add dark marks to those locations. I needed to explain all this. To kind of lead you into this moment. Into the moment. We did a, a major gaming marathon day. Towards the end, of and we started playing Hogwarts Battle. It was myself, my wife, uh, and our friend George and Suey. All done remotely. You can play it open-handed because you're working together as a team. We did it over Zoom. And it worked really well. Well, obviously, the
1: person with the game was, what, just holding the cards up to the camera, were they, or something?
0: No, so what, we had a camera over the top of the table. Right. Okay. Um, All right. And then I connected it through to Zoom as a separate client. So Mm -hmm. you had the game board and all the cards cast on the screen. And then when everyone needed to draw something, you just drew it and put it in front of their relevant character and they picked and choose what they wanted to do. So it worked really well. We got from the very first year all the way to year seven, four hours. We churned through every single location, And every single year, one of the disadvantages and with the way it's so harsh is normally with a deck builder, you'll keep that deck as you're improving it all the way through a game. But Mm -hmm. each year it resets. So all the cards you've been gathering, all the cards you've been refining go out of that starting deck and you go back Back to to zero again.
1: Basic cards again.
0: (laughs) Which makes it so tough because you'll have moments where you've successfully gone, we've not had any dark marks. It's great. You then reset, the villain order changes, and you've got villains that are pumping out these dark marks and flipping over the location. And you're like, you're one mark away from losing. Because yeah. as soon as you have full dark marks on a location, that's it, you've lost. Is there any kind of legacy
1: elements from game to game, any kind of campaign, or does it literally stop? at the end of each movie? or
0: It stops at the end of each year. Then you get a fresh set of cards, you reset, and then you play the next year, year two, year three. We started at year three and then went all the way through. And we were doing really well. We were getting some of the the villain combinations when they come out are really tough, especially towards the later end of year seven, because what happens is it subsequently gets harder. You get additional villains to defeat simultaneously. And in this particular occasion, we were all playing, say, you know, remotely over Zoom and we were doing really well. We were all helping each other get the right cards for the characters. And this was the point. We got cocky. Uh Uh-oh. And we were like, that's it. No, we're doing really well. The last year, we've got two two locations flipped over. We've got one location to go, and we're we're down to he who should not be named, he should not be like, the, the final last boss. villain. Yes, yeah, exactly. Voldemort is there, in in the flesh. Oh my God. And we were one lightning short on defeating him. And we're like, oh yeah, 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 we got this. And then the next person, he flipped over the first Dark Heart mark, placed a Dark Mark on the, on the location. No! It was the one thing we didn't need. Any other, other Dark Hearts card, and it screwed us over. That's it. We lost. Three and a half hours of gaming. We thought we were doing really well. We got cocky, and it kicked our asses at the last oh, hurdle. Man. It was just It's a great game. It plays really well. And there's more information about these on the website. So if you like the sound of these games, you can check it, check it out on the website. Got reviews for both of them, haven't we? The OP website, US USopoly, who are the, the guys that have made this. You can actually uh, see that they've actually published solo play rules as well. Oh, cool. I like it when games do that.
1: Sounds like a very exciting game, really. I, I love games that have these kind of great thematic moments
0: like that. Mm. even if it's a bad end at the end, it's just it's always dramatic. Again, the board game is designed very well Cause sometimes when yeah. you've got everyone versus a board game, it can be very much, I't know, one way or the other. But I think this, with itself, balances out really well.
1: I think I think it's these memorable moments that just make the games just stand out, really.
0: A Bit like what you said earlier with regards to Battlestar. You know, we had yeah. a great game on the twenty-four hour live stream, didn't we? You know, who'd have thought the ship would get there, but no <laughs> yeah. humans were left alive on it. Such a bleak <laughs> ending, just an yeah. empty ship just drifting, and then
1: towards the planet. They didn't quite make it. It's no, a it g- didn't. Tragic ending, but so yeah, dramatic. Yeah, it was a tragic ending. It. But
0: then it's <laughs> these moments that sit with you in your mind. And now we're kind of coming out of lockdown. I think people will be happy to be able to go around to their friends' houses, go out, go around to your friends, play a board game, make some new memories. Everybody, yes, make some memories <laughs> and tell us about them. We better wrap up. So I'm just going to do the obligatory, you know, little reminders, guys. If you are enjoying the show and you have not subscribed, please do subscribe and do feedback and let us know what you think. We're a social bunch. Pop on board. Say hello. Everything's on the website. So again, that's www.doalg.co.uk. And Diary of a Lincoln Geek. Everyone out there, stay safe. And keep gaming. Take care. See you later.